Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Courtside Sound Off Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shivanoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour. Too sweet to be sour. Future Jiu-Jitsu World Champion, Angel Ortega. Uh, listen, folks, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. We got UC Vegas 69-70. Jake Paul, Tommy Fury, Floyd Mayweather is going to be fighting, although nobody cares. Bells are 291 and a lot, lot more. As always... We're brought to you by two incredible sponsors of the show, Rogue Energy and Elixir. Code sound off for 10% off of both of those websites. Rogue Energy, you guys know the story. Been a long-time sponsor of the show. Keep me fueled, keep me energized to get up and go through the day. On the other end of things, Elixir will knock your ass out. They'll go ahead and make you calm, make you cool, get you really high, you know. Leading distributor of Delta 8, 9, 10, HHT. They got it all, man. Uh, so if you want to go ahead and go to Elixir.com or RogueEnergy.com, once again, go and sound off for 10% off of each. Last Saturday night from UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada, Aaron Blanchfield stepping up to the plate. And uh, look, man, we were both, I don't want to say we both doubted her, but we were both afraid for her. I think that's probably the way to put it, man. Facing Jessica Andrade, one of the scariest women fighters on the planet, former champion, contender in two weight classes. Shit, if she's fighting 135, she's pretty sure she'd be a contender there, too. But look, dude, uh, and, and she was also the underdog. That's an another important thing we should throw in there. But instead, Aaron Blanchard, dude, she goes out there and, and immediately puts a jab and just got Andrade's face, keeps with the pressure, and does not let up. And eventually, round two, she, to, to Andrade's credit, kept on stuffing the takedown. But in round two, near the end, she gets the trip, she gets to the back, she gets the choke. Darren Blanchfield gets the biggest win of her career in her first main event. Angel, your immediate reaction, your instant reaction. Give me your thoughts, man. I was shocked. Obviously, I was shocked. I, I need to tell you this. I thought this was a very dangerous fight. But look, there's a lot of factors going into this. I am not trying to discredit Aaron Blanchfield's win. I want to make that very clear. I think this is a very good win. It was a solid win. It was not a fluke win. It was well-earned and well-deserved. Like most wins are, you know, you do get, the, you know, Mickey Mouse ring. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, Angel. Oh, oh you're gonna are you gonna start complaining about LeBron again? No, 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 no. Okay. But uh, <laughs> regardless, uh, for I mean, Jessica took this fight on short notice. It wasn't that long ago that she fought. She's been she's pretty active. Maybe not the smartest decision to take a fight like this against a young gal, hungry that wants it, good training camp, well prepared. And maybe she came in a little overconfident, a little overzealous, maybe underestimated Aaron Blanchfield a little bit. Uh, but I don't know. Regardless, the, she had, as far as the performance, you know, kind of what you some would expect out of just going to drop. But I, she didn't have that kind of fluidity we saw in that Laurie Murray fight. You know what I mean? And granted, in that different matchup, right? Not short notice, full camp, you're in Brazil. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of factors going into that. But to kind of reel it back in a little bit and talk about Aaron Blanchfield herself and her performance, her striking looked a lot better than what I thought. Obviously, this is a mission game. We know it. We don't need to talk about it a lot. I will say, Josh, I do want to see one more. I'm sorry to say it. I know that might piss some people off. Yikes. And I'm not And I'm, I'm not the only one. But look, there's a lot of options in this division. And I think you have Talia Santos there, Manny Furrow, and her. And she's young. She doesn't need it right now. You know what I mean? 
I, I know that a lot of people want to see it, but I want to see one more high-level opponent. And, and if she can get that win, man, no questions. No question. Hand it. Give it to her. Put it on the fucking gold platter. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually normally agree with you. Like, normally, I would I would actually agree with you. It's the, uh, it's the fact that this is 125 pounds. Women, like, women's 125. That makes me think, like, let's just give it the top shot. It seems like kind of, kind of a bit pointless, no? I mean, I know that you said that there's options out there, but outside of, I mean, Man and Faroe is probably the only one. I know you said Talia Santos, but she, you know, Shevchenko declined to fight her, so you can't really make her fight her, and she's but probably going to have to go out there and get another You can make her fight Blanchfield, though, Josh. Sorry to cut you off, but you can make her fight No, no, Blanchfield. no, but then so you're going to give the shot to Man and Faroe? You think she deserves it over Blanchfield? I mean, you don't have yeah, to. So do you think you, that's you, a better fight? You, you can make man. You can make man step away. You can put her on the side. You don't have to give her the title shot while those two are. So you're just gonna let Shevchenko and Grasso do nothing? The winner of that fight for a while? Bro, it's not the first time they fucking done that shit. I mean, it, let's be honest. We've had champions only defend. No, the no, no, I know. But I'm saying if you have if you have a ready contender and and just waiting is who people want to see. Don't you think that makes more sense than just look? I I I, I I I want clarity in division. I want things to be kind of figured out right now. Well, I mean, I I feel like there is clarity because there's, like, there's, there's uh, I think that you, I think this is literally the clarity that we needed. No, I mean, no, 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 Josh. There. Look, I would have had complete clarity if she would have beat Talia Santos. I'm gonna tell you that right now, 100. percent So you think Talia Santos is a better win than just gone Josh? I think she, I think she's a better win because of the performance she had against Valentina Shevchenko. Josh, you cannot dispute that uh, to the performance that just gone again had against Valentina Shevchenko. If you want to argue that point, we can right now. Mm-hmm. No, I'm saying Jessica Andrade is a better fighter, though. I mean, if we're basing it purely off performances, obviously Santos had a better performance against Shevchenko than Andrade did. If she gave her, if she gave her the, the hardest fight in recent time that anybody yeah, has. Yeah, but, but Styles make fights, fight. though. Styles, Styles make do fights. make I don't think fights. anybody would doubt that Jessica no, Andrade right. is a tremendously better fighter and has a better legacy than Talia Santos. Well, granted, but who's been in the UFC longer? No, obviously Andrade. I'm just saying that I still think she's a better all-around fighter. I mean, she can be, but it doesn't mean that her skill set can't amount and get her a win with what she has now. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. I don't know. It's just, it's just odd. I just, I just it's just odd to me. And plus, that she, she's young. I just don't think you have to do it. With, uh, and uh, it's like, yeah, she's, she's getting the win. She's had, to, but this is the first kind of relevant person I think she's had a, like a, a win about in this division near the top. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. And like I'm telling you, it's not to discredit her, but like I'm saying, I just want one more. And if she gets it, good. It's there. I want it. Give it to me. You know what I mean? There's yeah. no – and plus that, look, Josh, we're, we're not, not – not to offend the women and not to offend anybody who is – we're not hungry. We're not hungering. You know, we're not fighting over women's title fights, main event, and co-main events. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just going to say that. Artist, I don't think the UFC would have any problem trying to put people aside and waiting. You know, it's it's not anything new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, ultimately for me, I uh, I very much disagree, but I get your standpoint. Um, I mean, and look, I'm not the only one who's had this. I've actually, like, looked into it because I was like, I wonder if I'm kind of insane for thinking this. I actually had – I don't know, Josh. I, I'm sure you've had definitely had this with certain takes or certain thoughts where you're like, I don't know if I'm in the wrong or I'm really out of, you know, out of everybody's opinion on this. And I went, I listened around, I listened to a few shows, and a lot of people felt the same way. Uh, or at least had, or at least there was people who had a similar opinion, and I was like, okay, at least I don't feel alone. Uh, and, and granted, look, uh, it's always good for the show for us to have differing opinions, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I just think it, she's young. I don't think it, it, she still has time. She can still be the youngest champion even after another win. Mm-hmm. 
And even if she was to lose, she's she's what twenty three. She has more than a decade left in this sport. Mm-hmm. And if she's already good now, coming off a win, coming off a loss, how much does she can improve? She can improve, you know. And mm-hmm. seeing her in a different matchup, I just want to see how she is, you know, like how she is against another high level person. Mm-hmm. No, I get that, and like I said, I get your standpoint. It's just uh, I think you have this division, which is perennially been the most uninteresting actual because obviously women's 145 exists but it's not a real division but like in terms of divisions that actually exist that are boring it's been women's 125 and you got this young interesting prospect who has a chance to make history and it just feels weird to throw that away to me and you're in like the 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 answer being well we can just have Shevchenko wait for the winner but it's like Shevchenko fights fucking next week and we don't know when when, when uh, Blanchfield would fight whoever you have in mind. So it, it just doesn't make much sense to me. Personally, I think right now, like, you have an interesting fighter. You have a young prospect. You have, you have like, the best women's prospect in a long time. That's kind of the interesting thing. So you've had prospects pop up here and there. Macy Barber was the last, you know, pretty hyped up one that, you know, gained a lot of attention. She didn't really do much, you know. Uh, oh, I mean, also, I just looked, by the way, the rankings that they did it yeah. right now because we're on the road yeah. live. She's number three. Just as a well, And we managed for number two, Tyler Sons is number one. So that makes me wonder, maybe not going to get the shot next, right after that? Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, I think she's probably going to get the title shot next. I think probably. I could see the UFC doing, you know, I could see maybe if they want to go back to France and maybe they have Faroe headline the card against Sherchenko. Do you think she's going to be Sherchenko, though? Like, how likely do you think Who made a Faroe? No, Aaron Blanchfield. Or Blanchfield? Um, I've always said that she has a really good chance of beating uh, Shachenko, just purely because of styles. Would you though? Like, would you actually like? You know, I I, I I don't know if I'd pick her, but I think it'd be interesting. You want you want you want to see it because you're curious, right? I mean, like anybody, right? Would yeah. Like well, and it just she's she's so good on the ground, and and I was really the thing about Aaron Blanchfield, part of the reason why I picked uh, against her against Andrade is because she's always been extremely hittable, and I thought somebody's gonna make her pay. If there's going to be version it's going to make her pay, it's going to be just Gondrage. And it's actually did. And, you know. I mean, look, early on she did. Like, what are the yeah, first? Yeah, I mean, obviously well, she landed some shots. Yeah, what are the first few shots had her? You know, it's kind of like, oh, fuck, we're in a fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then I she mean, stayed. That, that, that's part of the reason why I was so impressed, though, is because she stayed composed and uh, mm-hmm. landed some shots of her own. You know? I mean, she landed that fuck. I'll give Aaron credit. She landed that fucking right hand at will. Basically, I mean, so. I think the good thing though is, I mean, this is not the last time they're gonna fight. I think 100 percent these girls will meet one at some other point in time. Andrade and uh, Blanchfield again. 100 percent these women will fight at another point. I mean, Andrade's only 31, Josh, and you know women last forever. That's true, and then uh, and women's MMA definitely. So I don't know. We'll and, see. It, I, and especially with the rankings are, and if I mean you, I mean Josh Andrade, right? You know, got three wins after that. Shevchenko lost in like no time. Yeah. So I think uh, I think I, you know that's a good point. I think about that. I could see these two running it back somewhere down the line because let's like I, like I said multiple times during this intro, the women's flyweight division is fucking horrendous. Now to be fair, it actually does have new life in it over the last year or so, but still like if you look by the way, like, Josh, I, I have a question. 15, you know what I mean? There's yeah. there's there's only one way this could be spoiled for you is if Alexa Grasso beats Shevchenko, right? Like this is the only way it changes, right? Like they have yeah, and I love Alexa Grasso, but that's a, I mean. Fuck, man, Chichenko is a really bad matchup. I mean, I mean, we have a week to talk about. I mean, we're coming up in a week. We'll talk, so. Yeah, we're going to talk about that one in a week. So. But, but that's the only way that Blashville doesn't get the title shot, which, holy fuck, can you imagine? I mean, obviously, like I said, whole another conversation, but 
fuck. That'd be a whole deleted division. I mean, then you. I mean, then you would be forced to well, kind of. Have... Well, actually, at that point, then you can just do Blanchfield versus Santos. So. Yeah, Barbara. It kind of worked out. Whatever, really whatever, whatever one you want to do. Yeah, but anyways, I think it's about time. About enough time on the main event. Probably just. I mean, look, dude. Let's. Uh, hey we'll man, that's, talk, that's, we'll, that's uh, one of the better conversations I think we've had, like back and forth on a main event. So. In a while. I mean, it's an shape. Aaron Blanchfield's uh, the woman of the moment. You got to give her credit, man. No, no, no. I mean, she's, uh, she's a conversation starter for sure. She really is. She's very fucking interesting. So we'll see what happens there. But um, uh, time to move on one down. We'll talk about this fight for roughly 30 seconds just to kind of get it out of the way because we always talk about the co-main event, and it's a tradition. Uh, Zach Powell defeated Jordan Wright. This fight was not nearly as exciting as I'd hoped. He ends up winning 30-27, 30-27, 29-28. I mean, look, as far as the fight, it's kind of what I expected. I just didn't think it'd go to distance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but great design fight. I mean, he came in with a good game plan, right? Obviously wear down the guy who is a grenade for one round just waiting to pop off. And, mm-hmm. well, he, he, he landed, a chance to. Didn't give him the chance to. Landed some nice elbows uh, against the cage, which, holy fuck, man, I thought one of those could end the fight at any moment. They didn't, but... I'm happy, man. It's, it's nice to see these, and I said it last week, it's nice to see these guys coming off the Ultimate Fighter have a place in the UFC afterwards. Which, I mean, you know, that's always been a whole debate, right, Josh? It's kind of like, it kind of takes away from the Ultimate Fighter, you know, having these guys kind of come back, you know? Yeah, because if you had just give it to every, they always give a contract to the runner-up, too. It kind of just defeats the purpose. Yeah, but regardless, at 205, though, looks interesting as far as how far he can make it. I, I don't know, right? We have to see... Obviously, Jordan Wright is like the ultimate test at 205. Um, you know, kind of to give this fight a little bit more love, Josh, is there anybody you'd like to see Zach Pagia fight uh, at 205? I mean, there's there's a fair, bit of, a fair bit of guys in the division who are outside the records who are available. I don't know, maybe maybe a Kutalaba? Kutalaba uh, just got booked. Oh, really? Oh. Sander Bozer. Oh, okay, so heavyweight move. Okay, well, maybe... No, maybe... no, no, opposite. Bozier's going down. Oh! Yeah, yeah. You're down with that, aren't you? I'm down with that. But... I, I've wanted Tanner Bozier to go down for a while, man. I'm I'm hyped about his uh, fucking heading down. Really, and that's a good matchup, too, him and Kutilaba. That just got announced, I think, last night. So, um, yeah. But in terms of Zach Palga, I mean, shit, that would have been a good matchup, him and Kutilaba. But if we're going to look at, uh, like, the rest of the division... I mean, would you be down for maybe Menafield? I know that's kind of. I he's coming yeah, out two yeah. wins before a draw. He's outside of the rankings. He's entertaining. And he'll push makes the action. Sense, yeah. I don't know. That would make sense. I'd be down with that. I'd be down for that fight. I mean, shit. If you look, the rest of the division, man, light heavyweight's a bit thin at the moment. Honestly, for looking past the rankings. Um, we had a conversation Shit, about Devin this Clark just a fight. How, how do you feel about Devin Clark versus uh, Zach Balga? I know it's mean, a big get, step up, but I mean, this is I mean, this is the Devin Clark. Devin Clark thing, I mean, this is Devin Clark love show, Josh. You already know that. I know it's kind of a it's kind of a Devin Clark love show. But that's kind of his thing, though. It's kind of fighting those young guys on the way up. So I mean, look, I did, like I said, Devin Clark could fight any guy in any time, anywhere. So yeah, I mean, I'm happy. That, I mean, look, there actually this is another one I thought about. There's there was another two hundred five fight on this under. Marcin Procknam. Ooh, you know what? I was going to say that one. Here's another one I thought about right now. Tyson Pedro. Uh, you know, fuck, style-wise, that is, fuck, that's a hard fight for Tyson. That's a, yeah, that's a fun but, fight, but, but stand-up-wise, also a hard fight for Zach. <laughs> I 
Well, yeah, that's that, that's a good one too. I mean, there's options. I think there's options. Uh, if you're a young guy at 205, I mean, the division is open. I've always, I think 185, 205 are divisions there. If you come in hot, you get your few, get some fast, you know, wins against these guys who are outside the top 15. Then you get in top 15 and take out some of those guys who've already got themselves out of the title shot position or probably won't get to that title shot, but can keep the uh, position in the top 15. You can run through that division pretty quick. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe Zach can make a run here. I know he's in his 30s. Yeah, he's he's 34, so not not the youngest. He actually just turned 34 at that. His birthday was actually February 18th, so happy, happy late birthday right there. On fucking day of the fight. Fuck me. Okay, well, what a birthday gift, right? Did you give him a bonus or anything? Fuck no, uh, right? Not after that performance. <laughs> not saying it was bad, but you know how the UFC is. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, they don't. Shit, they don't—they don't like to give out bonuses at all. Bonuses at all. Remember what the fucking crypto bonuses? What happened to those? Uh, right, right. That people vote on. I mean, that, that's what—that's yeah. What they just fucking talking. stopped doing it, and nobody talked about it. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, but anyways, man. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of fun fights out there for Zach Pauga. In terms of fights that people actually want to that want to want to talk about that are actually good, Alexander Hernandez, Jim Miller, fucking banger, Ooh. right? Yeah, I mean, granted, it's only February, so, you know, there's not many choices to go in there anyway, but, hey, that's an early fight of the year contender right there. That was a banger, dude. Yeah, I mean, we I don't think we really, have we had any other standouts so far? I mean, I don't think we really have. I think this is probably not one really, of those. No, it's been kind of like a mediocre start to the year, honestly, but. Yeah, I mean, great, Josh, I mean, not even that long ago, we had fucking Max Holloway, Kelvin Cater to kick off the year. I mean, that's probably a performance, you know, not necessarily fight yeah. of the year. I mean, the only fight that I can think about, I mean. I would say Volk Makhachev, but outside of that one. Yeah. I mean, that's different, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. If we're fight, doing, yeah. fight a year is a, a different breed, you know? I mean, that was a great fight. Don't get it mistaken. You know, well, it's, and it's still the best one of the year so far. Like, Yeah, probably, yeah. I mean, I can't think of another one off the top but, of my head. Anyways, yeah, Hernandez, Jim Miller, banger of a fight. Uh, super happy with that one, man. Um, dude, we got to let's, – let's be honest here. Is – uh. This might sound a bit harsh, but you got to think about it. Was William Knight's performance against Marcin Pracnio the worst in UFC history? It's obviously, one, obviously, there's guys, there's guys that got knocked out in like eight seconds or whatever. But like, it, it, it's one of the worst in the fact that he was in it the whole time to an extent. You know what I mean? It seemed like fuck. I, I don't, I don't know what to compare it to, but it, but it was bad in its in a different way. You know, it wasn't bad like Chris Moutinho getting beat up for you know all those rounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It was just uh, basically when I, if you guys didn't see the fight, don't blame me. This is one of the reasons why this fight night card was kind of ass. Um, at least the main card for the most part. Um, yeah, he basically went out there and did nothing. <laughs> is that it's a, like it's a little sad, Josh? This is one of the only like really really bad William. Like obviously he's lost, but in this fashion, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean he went out there and literally did nothing. He he landed how many strikes? I think it was eight. I don't know, dude. I mean, look, this guy is beautiful to look at. You know, like <laughs> the guy is a fucking Greek statue. You know? <laughs> do you feel bad for shitting on him, or you're just trying to like? <laughs> you know, but I gotta, I gotta give credit where credit, dude. I mean, the guy. I gotta has, give credit where credit is. Hey, handsome man, Jack. Jack, but I mean, the real Jack, baby. I mean, are you kidding me? But I just, I think it's just too much weight. He's not tall enough for this weight class. He gasses. It's just. Man, you're in the wrong sport, bro. Like, go do some bodybuilding. You know what I mean? Go do some Olympic weightlifting. Like, don't get hit in the head. Or if you are going to go get hit in the head, be in the right weight class. 
I mean, honestly, you are correct. I mean, he he really. I mean, he's a five ten. He should be a bodybuilder instead. I mean, Josh, he's a he's a five ten two oh five er with quotes. You know, he's probably closer to five nine and like at a half. And he cuts weight to two hundred five without a doubt. Okay, you're being really generous with a, with a five nine and a half. There's never been a dude. Five ten is not a real height, as far as I'm concerned. This is my conspiracy theory. <laughs> but I mean, that's what he's listed at, Josh. Not. I'm just. Not, I'm just saying. Anytime I hear somebody that's five ten, I'm like, oh, that motherfucker's lying. Josh, that's, I'm. That's, that's, I, I'm reading the stats, and I mean, it's not an ESPN stat at that. Oh. I mean, I, I mean, it's surprised it doesn't say here. William Knight was five ten. William Knight has only ever been five ten on a Saturday morning at six o'clock p.m. <laughs> William Knight is zero and one whenever he is not throwing punches on a Saturday evening card on the main card in the second fight in the first round. In the first round. In the first forty-five seconds. <laughs> Hashtag ESPN stat. No, but anyway, so, uh, yeah, that fight sucked. It, it, I honestly think it's probably, it, I mean, I hate to say it too, because I mean, somebody has to take that award, but like, it is probably the worst performance in UFC history. Because I don't even th- I don't consider when somebody goes out there and gets knocked out instantly like a bad performance. That's just like, you fucking zig when you should have zagged, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. I mean, our boy. Louis and I did nothing for I'm, 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 I'm sorry <laughs> to disappoint Josh, but I'm sure our boy CM Puck's up there too. Oh, man. Yeah, you're right. Versus Mickey, uh, versus, not even Mickey Gold, versus our boy. Mike, the truth, Jackson. Yeah, versus Mike, the truth. Yeah, that's a hey. You know what? Punk actually arguably won the first round though. He got the takedown. He got the he got the side control. He had, he hey he had some good moments. Maybe so should go back and rewatch. But that might be the lowest level fight in UFC history. That might be the lowest level. I mean, I don't know, Josh. UFC one existed, so that's actually a good point. So, so you're probably right. But anyways, I mean, as far as the rest of the card goes, man, on uh, UC Vegas 69, um, what fight you want to go and shout out, man? I mean, Philip, Felipe Lins knocked out OSP, who should be retired. God, he, man, Josh, I mean, that. I mean, if that didn't put the nail in the coffin, I don't know what will, you know? Like, I'm not trying to be that guy. Yeah, I mean, so his last four fights, knockout loss to Felipe Lins, split decision win over Shogun Hua, which, as we've seen, does not mean much. Uh, which he already lost that one to. Knockout lost Tanner Bozer. Knockout lost Jamal Hill. He somehow knocked out Alonzo Menafield in September 2020. And before that, he lost to Ben Rothwell. So it's been a rough, it's been a rough few years for OSP. If you're getting knocked out by Felipe Lenz in the first round, like, I, I don't want to say OSP looked like weak in there, but that looked like it was really easy for Felipe Lenz. You know what I mean? A guy who's not even known as that much of a finisher either. So. It's just heartbreaking. I, I got a soft spot for OSP, so that one sucked. But outside of that fight, man, which uh, which ones do you want to talk about, man? Oh man, I gotta get, I gotta give a quick highlight to AJ Fletcher, man, finally getting that much needed win. You know, after coming off the contender series, I said last week, you know, he had obviously the two losses within the UFC, both decisions. I mean, he was a guy who started off hot his career, all finishes, uh, a lot in the first round, had a decently sized AMI career, and obviously coming out of Louisiana and Lafayette, you know, so some love there from his boy DP, a.k.a. Dustin Poirier, for those who don't know, and we're thinking of a naughty thing in their head when I said that. Uh, it was nice to see him get it. And look, it was it was against a UFC newcomer in, in Thimba, Thimba Gurimbo, a.k.a. The Answer. Shout out Alan Iverson. Right. Uh, so it was nice to see him get that back, improve his record to 10-2, 170. Let's see if he can keep it rolling, keep improving. Guy's young. Uh... God, this guy's so pale, but God, is he entertaining as fuck. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you shout out to him. It was an impressive win. One of the bigger favorites on the card. Picking How big was he? I want to say he was like a minus. I can't even think, but if I remember correctly, he was one of the bigger uh, odds, like favorites of the card. I mean, it was justified, obviously, based off the results. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can find it real quickly. I mean, AJ Fletcher is a, he's a, he's an interesting guy. By the way, he is a, he was a minus 290. So almost a three to one favorite. So yeah, I mean, solid win by him. Um, as far as for the card, some of the fights you want to go ahead and highlight. Myra Bruno Silva, ping up a win. Three in a row, kind of, kind of low key, just making her way up the fucking ladder at like 135. So impressive win. Evan Elder, gotta feel bad for him, man. I mean, he was up on the cards heading into the third round. Ends up having a cut, so that ends up losing. And, uh, Angel, we do gotta be, eat some crow. We gotta eat some crow. Jamal, I mean, Emmer, I mean, I mean, Josh, how, how can we know, man? How can we know? No, nah, nah, we still, I mean, we still gotta, we gotta dead wrong ourselves, man. Uh, Kayuzin Askabov. Obviously, this kid could still go on to do something, but, uh, we were, he ends up losing pretty cleanly. They're not even winning a round. 30 27 across the boards, losing Jamal Emmers. 23 and 1. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Jamal Emmers is the one in 23 and one. Uh, yeah, so that was rough. That was rough, man. I don't think we've missed that hard on a guy in a long time. Now, obviously, we don't know for sure, and obviously, he could turn out to be fine, but no, no, Jamal Emmers. I mean, like, but Jamal Emmers, you should, if you are a legitimate prospect, you should be able to at least win a round against Jamal Emmers. So, remember, like, like I told you, Josh, there was, uh, issues with him, and obviously, the stuff going on in Russia. Had him fought in almost two and a half years, something like that, trying to make his UFC debut. Uh, on top of that, he hasn't trained at his main camp, uh, so he's trying to get back at AKA, I think, or AKA or ATT, one of the two, I don't know where it's at. Sanford, I can't remember. Somewhere here in the U.S. Hasn't been with them, which is another thing. Uh, so there were some factors to it. Granted, I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy. I'm just saying these are all possibilities that could have affected him in this fight. And maybe his results could be better down the line. Like me and Josh talked in the green room privately. It's not the first time a guy with a pretty crazy record like this undefeated has lost. We mentioned in the green room our boy Mateus Gamera lost his UFC debut. And look at where he's at now. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, there are guys who have come in and lost. That's that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always going to be the case. But uh, We'll have to see the next one. I think the next one's a big, you know. Yeah, maybe. Big tell. Um, but, yeah, I mean – Final thoughts, any fights I may have missed on uh, Vegas 69, man. I thought it was, uh, a, it was a weird card, not good I, or bad. I mean, we highlighted pretty much every fight. I think we might have missed like one or two in there, but we, I think we mentioned the main ones, kind of stuff that had news behind it, some meaning behind it. No offense to anybody we did miss. Yeah. But Anyways, man, uh, let's go ahead and hit UC Vegas 70. Uh, it's not the biggest card this week. Let's be honest, but uh, honestly, I, I am a, a fan of a lot of fights on this card. There's a couple of very interesting ones. So we'll hit off with the main event going down to UC Apex on Saturday. Nikita Krylov, Ryan Spin. Nikita Krylov, a guy that came in with a lot of expectations at the UFC. He ended up leaving at one point, came back, did the old Brandon Moreno, except he kind of left of his own volition. So not exactly uh-huh. the case. Probably more, more akin to... Uh, our boy, I can't think of his name, um, beat, not, he did not beat him. He fought Luke Rockhold, was a double champion in the World Series of Fighting Angels. You know who I'm talking about? Beat Luke Rockhold, holy fuck. Did not beat David Branch. He, he kind of had a David Branch-esque story. Now, granted, uh, Krylov didn't win two titles. I believe he only won one. But came back in 2018, 
kind of had mixed success, but his last two fights, he knocked out Gus and he beat Vulcan Uzdemir pretty cleanly. Taking on Ryan's fan, Superman Ryan's fan, man. He's a guy that came in, I'd say a fair bit of hype. He had some, I mean, shit. He beat Devin Clark, he beat Noguera, nearly lost to Sam Alvey, which really kind of tanked it. Then he got knocked out by Walker. He did beat Misha Turkinov, lost to Anthony Smith pretty cleanly, but then he beat Kudalaba and knocked the fuck out of Dominic Reyes. So here they are, both of these guys. I don't think I would have ever expected them to get a main event spot, but here they are, winner, you know. Kind of in a really good position, you know, where they could potentially not get a title shot, but they're kind of one of those guys waiting in the wings. So give me your thoughts on this fight, man. I think it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Obviously, Krylov kind of getting it together here a little bit. Same with Ryan Spann. I mean, it's kind of a a similar kind of route as far as how the records have gone and the fights have gone. You know what I mean? Obviously, for for Ryan, I think beating the slightly better guys. Obviously, Dominic, big time guy. Obviously, top. Uh, two-time challenger uh former champ you know <laughs> and uh, <laughs> all right okay you know no no doubt offense but you know sometimes it's like that <laughs> yeah. but you know right it's been getting these two first round finishes and obviously you could say stuff about dominic right obviously he's he's, he's on a bit of a losing streak right now uh all you know all finishes pretty bad in their own right Karlov is a tough out, man, for anybody in this division. He looked pretty good against Vulcan, though. I'll give him that. He stuck in it, too, because early on, he was taking a fair bit. Gustafson was just kind of a sad one for us, man. I'm not going to, you know, not going to get into it. But he has struggled against the, the top of this division, though. Uh, Paul Craig, who I wouldn't think he's actually the top of the division, but he's ranked. He's there. He's, he's kind of that off threat that you have in there. You know what I mean? He's that trick play, you know? Um, uh, Obviously, Makamed, Akalaev in there, another top guy. Obviously, Glover, former champ, and Jan Blachowicz. I mean, that's literally the top of the division right there that I just named off. If Ryan Spann's able to get a win here, I mean, he's capable of being top of the division, you know, in theory. Obviously, M, you know, MMA maths, right? Not to get specific there, but mm-hmm. I mean, Karlov is still one of those guys who's in that, I'd say, just right outside those big names I just mentioned, you know what I mean? But it's because he's lost to those guys. He doesn't have one of those wins. Uh, for Ryan Spann, it's his opportunity to get in here, get in the mix, get close to the title again, and kind of redeems himself where he left off uh, from that Anthony Smith loss. Because before that, he had beaten Mr. Serkinov. If he would have beat Anthony Smith, Josh, he'd be where Anthony Smith is right now and potentially biting a guy like Johnny Walker or higher. Yeah, exactly. So, 72 in the UFC, <clears throat> I, you know, me and Josh kind of went back and forth after the Sam Alvey fight. Like, what is this guy's ceiling? You know, what is his true potential? And maybe we're starting to see that, you know, after his last fight, I think he said, I finally had a training camp and all this and that. And I don't know, man, you know, I don't know if I want to believe it or not, but yeah. I'll pick Ryan's man for this one, man. I think he's going to get them against Krylov. I think he beats the Ukrainian, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Krylov win this. I think it's a pretty close fight, but on the night of, I think maybe we could see some crazy results that aren't as bad. Maybe even a dominant uh, mm-hmm. either finish or decision by either party. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that'll happen. I think these guys are actually very evenly matched. Um, I am going to go ahead and take Nikita Krylov. This guy is very, uh, he's always been pretty impressive to me. I feel like he's always been not on the verge of greatness, but on the verge of kind of breaking through, you know. Um, and he came to the UFC really, really young, and you don't really think about it, but he was, you know, kind of fucking, like, debuted in 2013. So he was 20 when he came to the UFC, on the dot. So... Um, and the fact that he, it took him a while to kind of get going, but I've been very impressed with his, uh, I was very impressed with the winner of Vulcan. And he beat Gus in a decisive way that was very, very sad, but 
shit, nobody else has been able to beat Gus that easily. So, you know, if shit, if there's been one, if there's been one complaint on Gus's late career uh, issues, it's never been his chin. I'll put it like that. And the kid of Krylov knocked him out just ruthlessly. So, uh, yeah, I think Krylov is the more. Um, I think he's better on the mat. I think he's the better uh, technician when it comes to being on the feet. I think he can. He's gonna find a home to land clean shots. I think if Ryan Span lands one, it, it can be GG no read. But I, uh, I am gonna go and take Krylov, man. I think Ryan Span has the power to where he can compete. I think he's improving too. So I, I don't, I don't want this to kind of be like you know. I think he's uh, not good enough to be in their cage or anything like that. I, I just think uh, Krylov. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna go and take him. By the way, is this, is this Krylov's first five rounder? No, it can't be, right? Uh, first five rounder to the UC at the very least. It will be his. Yeah, what the fuck are we talking about? Yeah, this is the first five rounder. He's he's only gotten a decision twice in his entire career so far. Oh, Those man. are both three rounders. Worth noting that Ryan Spann. Let me see if he's gone five. He has once in... and he lost really? early in his career. Amis. Uh, 2016 regionals. Regionals. Okay. Well, besides that, he's, he's he hasn't seen much. Like most of his career, Josh, I'm looking at it right now. He's pretty much only seen the first round and very limited second round. He's never seen the third round much in his career mm-hmm. outside of I think those two uh, two times. And then the Amis. I mean, we don't know. There's one Amy fight in there that doesn't say. Well, actually, no. Went to a decision, so more likely than not, two rounds. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, he um. Should be a fun fight regardless. Uh, in my opinion, I think the Comey event is kind of the more intriguing fight. Not to diss on uh, Krylov and Span. But Brendan Allen and Andre Muniz are two, I don't want to say legitimate prospects, because I think Muniz is like in his 30s at this point, but he's a legitimate coming on as like a fucking potential title challenger. Brendan Allen's still in his 20s, just turned 27 less than two months ago. Riding the best winning streak of his career, uh, three wins. Christoph Jocko, Jacob Malkoon, Sam Alvey. He's had some solid wins earlier in his career, too, but it feels like he's always just so close to – I mean, you do talk about a guy breaking off the verge of greatness. Fucking three-fight winning streak, excuse me. He debuted with a three-fight winning streak, four, if you include the Contender Series, lost to Sean Strickland. Won two in a row, lost to Chris Curtis. Won three in a row. What will happen against Andre Muniz, Angel? What do you think, man? I think this is a very fun fight. Yeah, no, I mean, you laid it out very well there. I mean, for Brandon Allen, man, he kind of finally – God, his wins together, man. He kind of strung them together. Obviously, yeah, they had a tough Chris, Chris Curtis loss in between. Fuck, man, this guy could be on an insane win streak right now with names like Carl Robinson, Poliana Serrano, Chris Curtis in there if he would have beat him. Sam Alvey, which, you know, obviously was on short notice, but ended up getting the finish and going up a weight class. Check out Cohen and Chris Ojoko, you know, like we named. Like you named, I mean. I mean, it, it, it's crazy that we all, like, that's, you know, not far from a world that we were almost in, right? And who knows how much higher in the rankings we'd be, maybe the different matchups he would have got. But nevertheless, he's here. He has an opportunity to get a guy who is on the come up. Uh, he's looking hot, man. I mean, Andre Muniz, ever since he's come in, I mean, it, I mean, it was that Jacare armbar, man, that kind of started it all back in 2021 that set the tone, you know, ever since then we were put on notice. I mean, he had gotten a win. He had gotten, believe it or not, to Josh, two wins before that that people don't even probably remember because they probably only remember the uh, armbar and Jacare because he fucking broke his fucking arm right mm-hmm. and and since then you know he's been put on these cards uh on these pay-per-views 
and he's got names like Eric Anders, who's kind of a notable guy, Uriah Hall, who's, who's been around for a while, and now he's getting a, a young guy who's been in the rankings in Brendan Allen, who's hot and is a prospect, and he's got a few ones behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Brendan Allen has a tall task at hand, but so does uh, Andre Moniz. He's got a kid who's hungry, who knows what he wants, who's tough, who's pretty well-rounded, has capability everywhere. I'm I'm back and forth, Josh. I uh, I I don't know if Andre Muniz will be able to have the same kind of success he did in this fight. Rat Hall, he wet blanketed him, controlled them, threw up a few submissions. But at the same time, though, with Brendan Allen, if the fight does get to the ground, how's it going to go? I mean, he's never been subbed ever in his career, and I mean, shit, this might be the first time it does happen. I know he's obviously tested his grappling. He does grappling tournaments, and. uh he obviously works on that aspect of his game. Fuck, man. I, it's a tough out. I've been going back and forth, Josh. I'm actually going to change my pick from what I had at the start of the week. I'm going to oh. go Brendan Allen. Oh! Taking the dog. Interesting pick there, man. Um, Brendan Allen. Yeah, I could see it, man. I can see it. Um, Very proficient on the ground. Only one loss by sub. I mean... Is, is it only one loss? I tried to look for it. I couldn't find it. Yeah, he lost to Trevin Giles back in 2016. Ah, okay. Legacy FC. Oh, so, no wonder. Could no wonder I couldn't fucking find it. Yeah, so I mean, he's a he's an interesting guy, man. I can I can have to see him win this one. I'm gonna take Andre Muniz. I will admit that uh, you brought up that Uriah Hall fight. That gave me a lot of pause um, in terms of his future because before that, I mean, he was just the shit. If you're gonna be able to break fucking Jacare's arm and in, inside the first round. The fact that you're struggling with Uriah Hall. And there were a couple times there where like, Uriah Hall was able to turn into him, land some ground and pound. And there, yeah, there were some rough moments. I am going to go take Andre Muniz, though. Like I said, that gave me pause. But I think he'll, at the very least, he may not be able to uh, finish Brendan Allen. But I think he's going to be able to control him. I think he's going to be able to keep the fight where he wants to keep it. And uh, go ahead and pull off the win, man. So I'm going to go and take him. Um as far as the rest of the card goes, man, there's a lot of interesting fights, honestly. For a fight night, this one's pretty damn interesting. Normally, I'd ask you, like, which one is, is the most interesting for you, but fuck, let's just go ahead and not bullshit around. Tatiana Suarez. Uh, female Habib. Uh, we've not seen her since June of 2019. Angel, we would have just graduated high school around that time. To put it into perspective... Uh, last time Tatiana Suarez fought, uh, Patrick Mahomes had not even played for the Kansas City Chiefs yet. So that's By the way, she was on a banger of a fucking card. Yeah. Yeah, wh- which one? That was Cejudo and Marais. Oh, yeah. That where we picked, using... where we, yeah, where we both picked Marais against Cejudo. To be fair, for about two and a half rounds, we looked smart as fuck. Uh, <laughs> we did, didn't we? But anyways, yeah, that card was a banger. Cerrone and uh, Ferguson was on that one, too. So, yeah, that was a fun card. Uh, but yeah, man. Talking as far as backing on Montel and Delarosa, what are you looking for in her uh, in her return? What kind of things are you watching for? I just want to see if she's kind of back where she left off, man. Obviously, long layoff, very very long, and can she get the you know can she get the wheels running again? You know what I mean? That's about it. I mean, she kind of you know, and I, I told you this, Josh. She kind of got a, kind of a nice little matchup here, you know, no no one too hard. I'd say obviously not to discredit Montel Delarosa, but I think for the kind of level that Tatiana Suarez has showed and the capability she has. You know, she kind of got a little help here, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's to get easier back into it, and at the same time, it's an opportunity for Montana De La Rosa to get kind of a win here over someone. It is, it is. Um, it's, a, it's a great, honestly, it's a good matchup. I understand that you kind of like, 
you were intrigued why they picked Montana De La Rosa, but I think it makes a lot of sense. She's a, she's a strong grappler, um, not very great, not even in the rankings, but she's a strong grappler. She's able to test her. She's had some solid wins. She's a, kind of like a top fifteen gatekeeper in a, in a in a sense. So uh, it makes sense. I think that's a, I think it was the right matchup to make. Um, but outside of Tatiana Suarez, there's a couple of other solid fights. Which ones are you most looking forward to talking about? This, this one is an odd one, Josh, because they throw me away because of the opponent. I guess it's a guy versus Dante, uh, Dante Mays. Don, what is it? Dante Mays. My bad. Uh, guy who's very outside of the rankings, I'd say, at heavyweight. Sakai, not too far removed, but obviously not finding a lot of success. Threw me off a little bit. Obviously, our boy, <laughs> Mays or Dante had uh, that loss to uh, a guy that we were pretty hyped about, but ended up being a dirty cheater. And Hamdi Abdelawah, <laughs> completely butchered that last name. Fuck, man. So hard fucking broken. We never talked about that on that show. But our boy Hamdi tested positive for some naughty shit, aka some steroids. Yeah. Don't do drugs, kids. Fuck. Sorry, it still pisses me off, Josh. I can tell. Yeah. But, pretty triggered about it. Nevertheless, heavyweight matchup. These guys come to bang. Uh, I mean, there's no way it doesn't end in a finish, right, Josh? No, no chance. It might. It might not end in a finish. Uh, <laughs> you think so? I don't know. It probably, it, I, I, mean, I mean, Sakai's lost his last four by finish. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, man, that should be a fun, a fun fight regardless. I mean, the one I'm really... For, Fight I'm most looking forward to outside of the fights we've already talked about. I mean, there, honestly, there's a couple of really interesting names and prospects on this card. Um, Mike Malott, he's back. That one's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Jasmine Jadavicius is back. Jordan Levitt taking on Victor Martinez. Still a fan of Jordan Levitt. The most, the fight I'm particularly looking forward to though is Ode Osborne, Charles Johnson. Charles Johnson is a dog. Uh, look, he, he, I don't think he's going to win a title. I'll, I, he may not even be ranked. But God damn it, dude, he's a dog. And Ode Ogwin is kill or be killed. Just, I mean, if you look at his UFC record, uh, he's gone to decision once against CJ Vergara. Outside of that, submission. He submitted a guy on the contender series, got submitted by Brian Kelleher inside the first round, knocked out Jerome Rivera in 26 seconds, got knocked out by Manel Cape in four minutes, knocked out Zurich Adeshev in a minute, and then lost to Tyson Nam by knockout in two minutes. The guy does not leave the first round. So, um, should be a lot of fun here, man. Uh, any fights you may have missed, anything that you're looking for, looking uh, forward to talk to outside of those fights? No, man, I think we highlight everybody there. There's some people I probably won't mention next week, not necessarily today, because I do want to see how they perform. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, there is a, there is a couple of... Uh, interesting uh, fights on the undercard. And it should be a fun show, man. I think, like, kind of coming off UC Vegas 69, um, kind of kind of needed this card, man. It's not the great, it's not a pay-per-view or anything, but it is still a very solid night of fights. So looking forward to it. That being said, it might be overshadowed just a teeny bit by a card happening out in Saudi Arabia. And there's also a card happening in Bellator as well, which we'll talk about. But, Let's go ahead and hit it because it is the biggest, uh, I guess the biggest card of the weekend. Jake Paul, Tommy Fury. It's happening. The truth uh, is the is the tagline for this card. They're going out to Saudi Arabia, taking that blood money. And, uh, yeah, man, interesting, interesting fight. I know that we've been waiting for this one for a while, so give me your thoughts, man. Now that it's finally here, 
Give me your thoughts. I mean, this is what Josh said earlier when we were talking. Two years in the making? Yeah. Fuck, man. Isn't that, isn't that wild that a 6-0 guy and an 8 ago, and granted, they didn't have those records at the time, were trying to fight each other for the last two years? Yeah. What the fuck? I mean, this is Jake's... You know, the, finally finding a legit boxer. You know what it is. Obviously, last time out, you know, you could say, you know, Anderson had boxed, MMA guy, you know, whatever, right? But, I mean, this is as legit as, as legit as it can get right now for another pro boxer, you know? Mm-hmm. Tommy Aiden, though. Obviously, the Fury family. I mean, the history's there. Um, fucking Tyson said he disowned Tommy if he fucking got knocked out. Or I think if he lost in general, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's see they both said it. Him and uh, John Fury. Let's see. Let's see if they carry through with that. Um, man, what can I say about the matchup, Josh? I mean, I, 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 I think as far as Jake, my expectations are, and as I see, probably I just want to see what the improvements are going to be. Has the footwork gotten better? Has the head movement gotten better? Have the combinations gotten more intricate, more complicated? Is there more setups? What, what are you capable of doing now that you didn't do before? Uh, for Tommy, I mean, look, um. Uh, he has a level. It's not the highest from what we see. Obviously, he's fought a lot of guys that were cans. Uh, as the records have been shown and combined. But he's been doing this longer. You know, he's been in the sport longer. He's been surrounded by it longer. You know, how is that going to play in this against Jake? Um, we're not making official picks for this, right? I mean, you can offer one if you want to. Look. I mean, we've been waiting it for so long. A lot of people, and and Josh, your opinion has changed on this. For the longest time, people didn't really care about this matchup. They thought Tommy was going to get run through. Josh actually thought this was going to be a great test for Jake. And your opinion has slightly changed. I don't know how much. I don't want to speak for you, but I'm excited, man. Obviously, uh, weird time they're setting it up at, but they're trying to get that fucking money. I get it. I'll definitely be checking it out. There's some obviously some interesting names on this undercard. And Mbakabu, Baru Jack. And Josh, I just fucking noticed our boy Autumn Salah is fighting on the main card of this shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that. I, I was like, what the fuck? That went through me for a fucking loop. But uh YouTuber slash influencer, you know, for those who don't know, I don't know uh much about his I don't know anything about his opponent, but he's here. Yeah, he's fighting Stuart Kellogg. What a name. Is he like an actual YouTuber? I can't. I can't really tick, find tick, him. TikTok guy. TikTok guy. No, that makes sense. Why don't know? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, Josh, there's like a million TikTok people who are famous. Let's be honest. Are you really that famous if you're on TikTok? Though? I'm not, dude. I'm not. I'm not up with any fucking internet celebrities anymore, dude. Like, <laughs> right? Josh is like, dude. I, I'm like, I know like PewDiePie, uh, Shane Dawson. I didn't know who, dude. To give you perspective, I didn't know who Aiden Ross was until like. Six months ago, not probably not even. It's 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 sooner than that. I mean, but he's blown up within the last few years though, so it's not That's like a true. major surprise that you don't know. Yeah. yeah you know who Speed is? Do you know who I show Speed is? I know I know who Speed is. Fuck yeah, dude. I've noticed that. I don't know, man. I think I'm just old. <laughs> like anytime I see like one of the like this new streamer popping off, I'm like, this dude's like got a room temperature IQ. Like this guy just like. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the, the the qualifier. Um but I mean in terms of like back to the fight card itself. Um yeah, I mean look, dude, Jake Paul Tommy Fury, I mean I, I have changed my my thoughts a little bit. Um not majorly, I, I will admit, but like going into this one, for a long time I thought uh Jake Paul should be getting fucked up. And then after the Anderson fight, I kinda changed my mind. I was like, you know what? 
Anderson's good. You know, Anderson actually is a legitimate, you know, he's not fucking top tier. And, yeah, he is almost 50 years old. But, like, fuck, dude, like, the guy can box, okay? And Jake has good power. And Tommy is hittable. And I kind of flipped on around, like, the Anderson fight. Now thinking about it more and, and kind of I've rewatched that Anderson fight. I'm like, I'm I'm probably leaning towards Tommy. I'm leaning towards him, but it doesn't really mean much, you know? Like I, the reality is, these are, these are two fucking shit posting celebrities who are gonna go in there and fight in a ring, man. Like, let's just, let's, let's cut the bullshit. It, it is what it is, you know? Like, um, I think, like, if I, gun to my head, I have to make a prediction, I'd pick Tommy. I just think, uh, his combinations are gonna cause Jake problems. If you, if you watch the Anderson fight, I came away with two, two takes. After, like, rewatching for the first time since, like, last October. Jake moving forward is a completely different man than Jake on the back foot. And I understand it sounds like no shit, but to the point to where it's very visible. I mean, there's a lot of guys, though. I know, but let's, I mean, he has no offensive ability off off the back foot. None whatsoever. And anytime Anderson was actually able to throw combinations, anytime he actually kept a sustained offense going and didn't just try and go pot shot for pot shot with Jake, he was winning, and he was winning really easily. So I think if Tommy's able to keep the pressure up, and uh, avoid, because he's going to get hit, but it's it just can he roll with some of those bigger shots? Can he avoid getting absolutely hammered? I think if he can, he's going to have a, a relatively easy night at the office. I think he has really good combinations. If there's one thing I'll give Tommy Fury uh, credit for, it's the fact that he always keeps the pressure on, he's always moving forward, and always throwing multiple shots at a time, um, which is partially why a lot of people are like, oh, my God, you know, he's fucking got, you know, Hello, Fist. He, has, he barely knocks out anybody out, which is kind of by design. You know, he's he's a more of a Max Holloway guy than a fucking Chad Mendez. You know what I mean? To give an MMA comparison for those that aren't super into boxing, you know. I, I wonder how the styles are going to be. You know, like is it going to be more of a German style boxing, Olympic style boxing between you guys, Mexican style? You know, like whatever style each guy's going to come out, mm-hmm. or shit. You know, like maybe a Floyd kind of you know defensive centric you know style or. Anything like that. I'm just curious of what that's going to be like for each guy. Um, if like if anything changes from their last fights, as far as how they're going to come come through about it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing is, is like so. Part of the reason why I feel like we were so off with the Jake Paul Anderson Silva fight is we hadn't seen Jake fight in over 12 months. Yeah, I don't think it was actually over 12 months. It was roughly a year. You know, from like December to November was you know that that time frame. Uh, Tommy is actually a similar case. Um, a lot of people are, that are calling him shit and saying he's like terrible and yada yada yada. Um, he hasn't fought in a year. He's another. He it's been a long time. And whenever you're 23 years old, that's a lot of time, you know. So uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, gun to my head, I'll take Tommy. Uh, I can easily see him losing though. Don't get me wrong. I think also the man had a child recently too. The man did have a child, so that's another thing. Um, but you know, some people, you know, that motivates him more. The dad, the dad buff, dude. It's a thing. It is it is a very real thing. I mean, shit, dude. Think about all the dads. Remember, remember, Dad Donald Cerrone was the baddest motherfucker on the planet for like a year and a half. No, Dad Buff was definitely a thing for a cowboy. It's a very real thing for some guys. So maybe this is what shit, I'm fucking about Mahomes, Dad Buff too, bro. Mahomes, yeah, Mahomes got the Dad Buff. So there are there are other uh, there are definitely like unknowns heading into this one, and I think. How do you think the fight uh, ends, Josh? I know this is a lot of pressure. Do you, could you see a finish from Tommy? Can you see a finish from Tommy? I could Jake? absolutely see a finish from Tommy. I mean, I think, dude, we haven't seen 
anybody like corner look, corners corner stoppage you know <laughs> uh, oh i don't think that'll happen i think draw you know what i mean guy i don't think that'll happen have because they, because all the guys involved know how important this fight is they're gonna let their guys go out on their shield a draw is very possible though in fact that i even argue it's likely <laughs> especially for eight rounds i remember there being rumors this fight was gonna be 10 apparently it's eight i wish it was um, 10 to be honest with you huh? i wish it was oh 10. yeah same same i mean okay let him die I think I think you'll probably both do ten. I mean, I know Tommy's consistently done six rounders for the majority of his career. I know Jake just did eight. Fine. I mean, I mean, Jake's been pushing it his whole career. He's just yeah. Jake, Jake's long. done two in a row that are eight. Or excuse me, uh, two of his last three have been eight. So, yeah. I mean, look, dude. I think it, the way this fight ends, like, oh, Angel. Oh, oh God, I'm getting a headache right now. Oh my God, are you oh. are you getting are you, are you getting a vision, Josh? Oh. Oh my god, did oh, that way the flash edit incoming? Oh, 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 I think Tommy Fury's gonna, oh, I, he's gonna, he's gonna finish him in the third round, oh! Holy fuck, that's early. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm throwing some shit at the wall. Like, like I said, this isn't like a, a serious question. <laughs> like, I haven't really, I, I gotta be honest with you, I've done like very little research outside of, um. You know what really fucks like, me up though after this show, Josh, if Jake does win? Who's next? Uh, I mean, it could call for Oach. It could be him. It could be. I think. The, I think the move is an older wash boxer. Really? Like trying to get yeah, that? Yeah, I think. I think. I think a Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I think uh, Mike Tyson. Although I don't think Mike will do it anymore. I, I think Mike's too old now. Um, but I mean, who knows? I mean, there's there's many many old guys out there that are many old boxers that are just don't have any money and are looking for a payday. And I think Jake Paul knows that. Also, Josh, after this, Jake, if he does win, he'll officially be ranked in the WBC, right? That's what that, that's, I don't know if that was, was the WBC or, or was it, uh, what other, I don't know what other sanctioning body, but one of them, one of them is going to rank him after this. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I think that's so fucking stupid. Which, I mean, that's a whole other, another topic of discussion, right? Because, fuck. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just fucking dumb. And I, and I understand because, I mean, Josh, then, then, you know, Jake can start chasing the fucking intercontinental it's, American it's a, title <laughs> or the fucking money belt, you know, or the diamond WBC belt. You know what I mean? Like, then he has those options. I mean, look, dude, I'll go ahead and also say this. Like, it's not a secret. It, it's, it's not not a secret. Let me rephrase. It's not a coincidence that there's a cruiserweight WBC title fight on the undercard here. Oh my That's, god! You didn't think about that. You didn't put two and two together, did you? Oh. Jake Paul and Tommy Fury—they're not even fighting a cruiserweight, dude. <laughs> I mean, I guess technically they are, but they're fighting in a 185-pound catchweight. And they just so coincidentally, the winner of this is going to get a ranking, and coincidentally, the champion and the number one contender are fighting on undercard. That's all I'm saying. No way, Josh. I think it's just coincidence. Maybe, maybe. I mean, could, could you imagine on the mic? I want who wins the main event next. And it's dude, fucking impossible. Dude, box, dude, it's or, boxing. Or dude. There, it's a bullshit sport. It is. Could you Fuck shit happens all the time. Could, could you imagine Tommy or Jake right afterwards? I want the champ. I want him. I want him next. Meanwhile, I can see like, Jake doing. I don't think I, I don't think Tommy would do it. I think me, he's uh. Me, you know. we, meanwhile, you got like some fucking seventeen and old Russian guy who's like, "What the fuck? I'm here." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fucking what's his name? He's been calling him out forever. Uh Marius Breedis. So if he won and Marius Breedis had the title. I think he's actually lost it since then, but Oh, the Latvian guy? 
Uh, I don't. I, don't, I think he's Latvian. Yeah, I'm very good with my flags. He fought. He fought uh, Usyk back in the day. So yeah, banger. One of my all-time favorite fights. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, he was in Pineda's corner last time. I yeah, he was. Yeah, which is pretty sick of him. He's actually a pretty cool guy from what he's seen. So anyway, so um, yeah, he was called that fucker. Yeah, I mean, Angel. I mean, I said how I think the fight's gonna go. What do you think, man? What do you think? Look into your fucking crystal ball, dude. Oh my, oh my God, Josh! I see another. I see another, another. I see, I see paper. I, I see paper, and it has, it has, it has, it has a name on it. Actually, it has two oh. names. Oh. And, and, and they're all, fuck. I, it's, it's getting kind of dark. Fuck, I can't, I can't see. Yeah. I, I, and, oh, it's, it's oh. close. To, it's a split decision. Fuck. It's a split decision. But, but it's a split decision for Jake. And, and one of the cars is super fucking lopsided for Tommy, and the other one's super oh. lopsided for Jake, and the middle one was a close for some fucking reason. Oh, isn't that a coincidence how that always happens? It's right? <laughs> right? Oh my god. <laughs> that's actually probably, that's actually the most likely thing to happen, actually, now that you, now that you bring it up. You're fucking welcome, dude. I know, dude, I'm just fucking god. And it's super controversial to top it off, I'll even predict that. I mean, look, hey, we've already seen it happen once earlier in Jake's career. I think he fought Woodley, and I think the one judge gave, I know it was a split decision, but pretty sure, like, one judge gave Woodley the fight by two or three rounds, and the other one gave uh, Jake the win. They gave him all but, like, the one round that he lost, and the other one was super close. That happens every single time. So, yeah, you're probably actually right. I mean, shit, he fought him again, and it didn't matter. Exactly. Although, I'm pretty sure that one, the cards, Jake was winning. Like, he won, like, nearly every round on every card at that point, but in the rematch. But, um, yeah, I'm talking about the first fight. But as far as, like, the uh, the fight itself goes, man, yeah, that's probably, that's probably the most likely thing. But I think it's probably about time to move on. I mean, look, this is a fun card. Um, not paying for it. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't lie to me, Josh. Actually, how much does it cost? It's going to be it's gonna be a normal price, 50, 50 or 60. Oh, well, fuck me. I hope Buffalo Wild Wings is open at noon. Yeah, I know, right? Fuck off. So... Yeah, I mean, I'll go ahead and take Tommy. Fuck it, we'll make it fun. But there's more uh, fights this weekend. Bellator 291 going down on Saturday from the Three Arena in Dublin, Ireland. Let's go, boys. They're back in Ireland. Uh, always the best crowds in MMA, in my opinion. You just got to go watch. Uh, I, I mean, I still occasionally go back and watch Peter Quilly's uh, title title fight walkout and just get fucking chills, man. It's crazy. Just get rock hard from it. Yeah, crazy stuff, man. Uh, a little bit confused as to their main event here. Um, I mean, the main, main event's a banger. Don't get me wrong. Just the location. Because uh, you're all slob, I'm a slob. That is, that is very odd, right? Like, they could have done it. Yeah. Some, I mean, they could have done it, like, in England. You know what I mean? Because all the people could have, you know, the locals could have driven. Anywhere in Europe, it. honestly. You know, the Netherlands. I mean, yeah. I mean, not, we'll guess, yeah. They're, they're just better locations. Regardless, uh, main event is a banger. Yaroslav Amosov. 26-0, and I think we said it on the show, for my money, and, and I'm, you might be in a similar case here, arguably the best guy outside of the UFC. Um, he has the best record, at, he has the best active record in MMA now. <laughs> no one's going to catch up to him for a while. Correct, and he's beaten some fucking dogs, dude. I mean, his, his, he beat uh, Roberto Solich, who if you recognize that name, he didn't beat him there, but that guy has gone, since gone on being a KSW champion. Um, he beat Gerald Harris, Eric Silva, David Rickles, Ed Ruth, Logan Storley, Douglas Lima, and now he will be rematching Storley. 
who is coming off that uh, that close split decision win over Michael Venom Page back in May to win the interim title. Obviously, Amosov was out fighting uh, for Ukraine, for his home country, and uh, I believe he's finally either left the armed forces or he's taking a hiatus in order to take this fight. So, yeah, man, very interesting fight. These two originally fought uh, back at Belter 252, a split decision win for Yaroslav Amosov. Do you think he will make it to it all in the series, man? What do you think about this fight and uh, the main event? I mean, dude, if there's one guy who's the most dangerous fight for Yaroslav in this whole division, it is Logan Storley. We saw that in the first match. It was a split decision the first time around. I mean, Logan Storley, Josh, I told you this. This guy's been a state champion in wrestling since he was in middle school. This guy was beating fucking high schoolers in middle school to win state championships. Uh, And he won it every single year until he graduated. Obviously, college career, great as well. Don't necessarily know everything about it. I looked into it in class. Obviously, coming out of Kill Cliff, great camp, man. I mean, everybody speaks uh, wonders about this young man and his mm. skills and his abilities and what he can do. Uh, he's good, man. He's good. I mean, I think there's holes. I do think low, uh, I do think Yaroslav has he's a, a more of a complete fighter than Logan. I just don't think Logan's striking is a good as good as Jaroslav's. And look, it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be for him to be successful because of his wrestling so good at I and mean, we've seen it, man. We've Habib, obviously, but granted he is like a unicorn, right? But Logan's doing it now, you know, as it is. Um with five rounds though, I really don't know. I mean that could benefit Logan because he's been active, he's been around. Obviously Amazon probably had to have a, a very intense camp to get back into and get prepared for five rounds. Lots of pressure on him, obviously Defending the title, coming back after a long time, maybe some jitters, some rust, you know, whatever it may be. Obviously, wanting to represent his country well. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff to it. But look, he's beat him once. He'll beat him again. He'll have an extra town, extra two rounds to make it very clear that he is the champ. He's the dominant champ, and that Logan Sorley is not going to ever be champ in his division if he's going to be standing in front of it and, and holding its title. Yeah, fair enough, man. Fair enough. I've actually gone back and forth on this fight uh, a whole lot. Um, I'm not sure if you are uh, uh, same page. Um, I'm gonna go and take. Uh, I'm gonna take Yaroslav by myself. I think his uh, his inactiveness giving me a lot of pause. Obviously, not his fault that he's inactive. Obviously, uh, hashtag fuck Putin and all that. Uh, but you know, but in terms of um, you know. The actual fight itself. Obviously, I actually... Man, I know I saw their fight back at Bulls or 252, but I don't remember the specifics of it. Angel, have you rewatched it? A lot, a lot of counter-grappling, grappling exchanges. Like, you'd be surprised how much of it, it was just... Yeah. But Logan had some scary dominant positions, if I remember. I mean, it's been quite a while since I've seen it now. Uh, but, I mean, the big thing, like I'm saying, Josh, I think five rounds to be a big thing. I mean, five mm-hmm. rounds of grappling is very draining. One mistake on the ground. These guys can lock in submissions at any moment, especially from the back where the sweat necessarily isn't as much of a factor. Mm-hmm. I mean, you obviously could still look – I mean, obviously it is a factor. I'm not going to take it away. But but if you lock it in and you get it in tight, you know, maybe they won't necessarily spit out, uh, slip out. I mean, God, can I speak English today? Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean – uh, like I said, Josh, and obviously I'll let you get I'll get it, I'll let you get the the floor again here in a second. No matter what, Josh, I think going forward, your, uh, Logan Storley will be the hardest fight for Yaroslav Amazov and all of Bellator going forward, regardless, win or lose or draw here. 
Um, I kind of agree. I do kind of agree. Um, mainly just because, like, I don't know what other... I mean, Bellator, I'm sure there's some dog out there who I don't fucking know about. He's been just killing dudes on the prelims. Bellator I, I always has those guys, but, um... I mean, I don't know. At 170, I don't, I don't believe so, Josh, off the top of my head. I'm, I mean, they're, they're kind of top heavy, in my opinion. Not necessarily no, like, are, uh, like there are other divisions where maybe they have a, a few guys lingering out, maybe not with the experience, but they're there. Maybe they have a potential future. But at this weight class, I don't believe so. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, man. I, uh, I am going to go ahead and still take Amosov. I think he did not come back to lose. I'll put it as simply as that. I mean, this is a guy that has been, Dealing with a lot more than just fighting and even thinking about that right now. The rest probably seems easy by comparison. Um, I know that we're talking about like the cardio, and obviously it's different cardio for different things, but shit, my guy was out there fucking <laughs> in the trenches. I'm sure that's draining too, so I'm not really worried about his cardio. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see because obviously the first fight you mentioned was a three rounder. This one's gonna be five. We'll see what happens. Amos, uh, not Amazon, excuse me. Long story's last fight. Where he fought Michael Bennett Page. That's the last one that kind of gave me a bit of pause. Because Logan Story's a guy that, like, shit, you know, he's beating some good names. He beat Joaquin Buckley, funnily enough, back when he was in Bellator. He beat Naaman Gracie. He almost beat Amasov, but also, you know, a split decision against Dante Shiro. You know, his fight with Michael Bennett Page, he made it much harder on himself than he really needed to, you know? Um, and that fight was razor close. So I, I'm going to go and take Amasov. Um, I think Logan Story's a guy that fights up the level of his competition. I think it's going to be, um, I don't know, man. I just got a lot of confidence in Amosov. I think he's the best guy outside the UFC right now. I think he's going to be going to show that on Saturday. Um, in terms of the co-main events, no no, section, no uh, second title fight, anything like that. But we've got a featherweight banger between Pedro Cavallo and Jeremy Kennedy. Should be a lot of fun. Two ranked guys. What do you think about this one? I mean, it's fun. Obviously, Jeremy Kennedy... Um... I was a little bittersweet, right? With he went over Arian Pico, obviously a shoulder injury. Maybe he didn't get to show off as much as he wanted to. Uh, yeah, and then Pedro Carvalho, he's kind of a uh, strung a few together here. Obviously, coming having a few losses, but they're they're guys who've been around and well established and kind of prospects in in Bellator. I mean, uh, Patricia Bibble, obviously, I mean, Bellator's poster boy. You know what I mean? JJ Wilson. Mm-hmm. Young guy, Daniel Vaisho, a guy who's had his own struggles in his, I mean, in his own career as well. Uh, it's Peter Nizeki fight. I don't remember this one off the top of my head, but the Mads Rennell one, very nice, much needed. I, I don't know if Pedro Carvalho is the beginning, he will be able to get it done against Jeremy Kennedy. Jeremy Kennedy is kind of in a better place right now, career wise. I mean, he's coming off of wins over Emmanuel Sanchez. Let's the Aaron Pico win, like I said, not how he wanted it, but nevertheless a win. They lose Adam Borges, but Adam Borges just chance for the title not too long ago. I think Jeremy Kennedy's going to get it done. Yeah, same here. Um, Jeremy Kennedy's kind of a uh, now granted coming off that win over Aaron Pico, which just was so disappointing seeing the way that that fight went. Um, but Jeremy Kennedy's a guy that I've always felt like um, just a few fights away, a couple couple fixes here and there away from being a, like a solid contender. And the Bellator featherweight division, and actually becoming like an actual legitimate title challenger potentially somewhere down the line. Pedro Carvalho is a fun guy. We've never really get, gotten that vibe from him. In fact, he's the exact opposite. He's a guy that I've always thought anytime he steps up to the level of competition that's top tier, he ends up losing. That doesn't mean he doesn't have good wins. Um, obviously, I mean he beat Derek Compa, was he beat Sam Cecilia. I think he slowed down a bit over the last couple of uh, years though, um, which is kind of weird because he's only 27. But I remember. 
being really disappointed with his performance against Patricio uh, Pitbull. And I feel like the old, like, not the older, excuse me, the, the higher up he goes, he's kind of been, I don't say disappointing, but uh, we've clearly found out his level. I'll put it like that. And Jeremy Kennedy, I think, is a level bluff. I'm going to go and take him to win on Saturday in Dublin. Uh, rest of the card, it's very Irish uh, heavy. You know, Peter Queeley's back, Sonny Kavanaugh's back, Charlie Ward. What are some of the fights you're most looking forward to uh, discussing from this one? Oh, man, Josh. You know, even though it's uh, very Ireland-heavy, like you said, local guys, I feel like there is still a lot of fun people. Obviously, Peter Quigley, Josh, you mentioned him at the start of the show, but he comes to bang. Sam Winston, Nate Kavanaugh, beautifully put right there at the, uh, the start of the main card. Not opening it up, but right uh, right after them. Carl uh, Moore, a guy who surprised me, he beat our boy Carl Brexton, who... Obviously, we've seen how his struggles lately. Uh, getting a big dub there. That was cool to see. Charlie Ward, another fun guy. Uh, a name that maybe you haven't even thought about recently, Josh. Hassan Magomed Sharipov. Uh, the brother of Zabit. Mm-hmm. Fighting on the card, opening up the card. Nice to see him back. It's been quite a while. Um, we mentioned him quite a while ago. I, it was back in 2022, at the start of 2022. So, yeah. Uh, I wonder why the delays were there. But nevertheless, back here. And one of the best heavyweight free agents that was out there for a while, Oleg Popov, on this card at well, Russian 15 and 1. Uh, he's going to be here and uh, he's going to be making his Bellator debut. So let's see what he's made of. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely an interesting guy. And you, you highlighted a couple of dudes there. I'm surprised that uh, Kassan actually got added to this card because um, it kind of just had. You know, fatal million anchor retired, and I feel like that <laughs> kind of not putting the, the Russian prospects on the undercard in hindsight doesn't make much sense. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, this should be a really fun card, though. I actually do think, uh, like I said, it's very Irish heavy, and they really don't have a whole lot of, like, top contenders, but Charlie Ward is a fun guy, obviously 42 now, but always comes to bang. Um, Peter Queeley is going to be back. That should be a lot of fun. Sinead Kavanaugh, Janae Hardy, that's another fun one. I mean, as far as um, this card goes, it's not going to blow your hair back in terms of any, like, huge names, so to speak. But I I am a big fan of the cards, particularly some of those fighters I did mention. Um, but, man, any closing thoughts this one before we go and move on to the news and close it out? No, I mean, I think we highlighted it pretty well, man. There's a lot of fun fights on there. I think it's one of the bell- better Bellator cards where they kind of go to a place and pick up a lot of local fighters. But a lot of the local fighters that I think are kind of the ones that I find the most entertaining out of the court have already been in the other Bellator courts outside of their local area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough, man. Fair, fair enough. Should be a fun card, though. Um, time to move on to the news, though, because last week we actually forgot to talk about it, but it's time to go ahead and uh, recap, dude. Uh, Knuckle Mania 3. Uh, we had a couple of UC veterans in there. Main event was a banger, but it's really the rest of the card that made the headlines. Uh, Greg Hardy. And Diego Sanchez both getting the shit kicked out of them. Uh, I'd say obviously Greg Hardy was the, the way more, um, I guess, exciting and surprising one because uh, I don't think anybody actually expected him to get absolutely annihilated the way he did. I'm um, getting knocked out in the second round by Josh Watson, and then uh, Diego Sanchez taking on Austin Trout, getting annihilated, just getting busted up, loses by TKO. Give me your thoughts on this one, man. Uh, both these fights made a lot of uh, headlines, so go ahead and give me your take. 
Oh man, I mean, look, they they all have their unique ones. I mean, is there any place you would like me to start, or do you just give me the kind of? I mean, just with? if you want to hit them both, give me your thoughts on them, really. Um, I mean, the Red Hardy one, I think that was kind of a surprise because he was coming hot off that Hasim Rockman uh, Junior win, but granted, Hasim undersized, uh, obviously, fucking Greg Hardy very huge, and I mean, I I don't know if they were doing any drug testing. You know, I'm not saying anything, right? But at the same time, you never know what could help with that fucking cardio because my man could go. You know what I mean? Greg Hardy had that energy. Uh, you know, I'm not accusing, I'm not assuming, I'm just saying, you know, just never know. <laughs> and, uh, shit, and BKFC, I thought he was Nick Kelly, man, I really did. I mean, if you didn't tell me the name, I was like, I don't even need the name of the opponent, I'm picking Greg Hardy. Yeah, that's how I thought, too, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, Diego, fuck, man, that that was rough, you know, but oh, Diego's a dog, man, he was in it, and he gave credit to, the, to his opponent in Trout, but afterwards... Fucking controversy strikes, man. I'll let you get into that, Josh. I think this is where you come in perfectly. This is where I come in because apparently Austin Trotter, boy, who fought Canelo, you know, had a great career in boxing, accused of uh, putting Vaseline on, which is illegal. And if you want, and Diego accused him, and then afterwards, a couple days later, some videos come out of, like, during the introductions, past the point where he would have been in, Checked by, you know, when do they go up to the front? They get Vaseline put on their faces and they get checked. They check their fingernails, stuff like that. Um, the, the usually calls it the pre-fight check-in or whatever. Um, so they do that. This was what have happened during the introductions. You could see his guy behind him putting kind of putting some stuff on, rubbing his hands, and then all of a sudden just wiping down Austin Trout's shoulders, his back. And I'm like, ooh, that looks real bad. So we'll see what happens. Maybe Diego Sanchez didn't get fucked. I mean, I mean, he got busted up, honestly, really badly in that one. But he landed some shots of his own, and there were moments where he would get into the clinch and just couldn't do anything with it. And also, Trout would be able to get away. So, I mean, with that in mind, seeing the video, and after I saw the video after I saw the fight, and I found out about the controversy, and I'm like, oh, that actually is pretty interesting. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of the Greg Hardy thing, yeah, just hilarious. No, it's just... <laughs> I just didn't see it coming, that's all. I mean, I I mean, Jesus Christ. I don't know what his opponent does for a living, but uh Good for him, I guess right? he made huh? some money. Good made, for made him, he made some money. Yeah, never heard of him before. I don't think I'll hear about him, hear of him afterwards. But dude, Greg Hardy. I don't even know why he would do this. I understand maybe he was just gonna get a big tip payday and he felt confident, but like he was actually making some waves in boxing, man. He was two or three and oh and then you know, that's what happens. You know, step in the BKS ring, BKSC ring, shit happens. So, um, yeah, but in terms of the card, man, BKSC's had a lot of bad headlines for a while. This was a good night for them, man. I, I mean, saw. Josh, to be honest, though, like, I, I don't keep up with them, but I see some highlights, bro. Like, maybe the names are big, but every fucking fight, they mm-hmm. always have some bangers. Like, there's always bangers. Like, that's a fact. Like, you might not know the people. That is true, yeah. But but they put on fucking bangers, dude. I mean, it's just that's because, true. because of the nature of the bare knuckle. However, they did uh, fucking kill it in terms of this night specifically because they had the UC veterans on there. and they, I, I saw more of this card than I've seen of the BK. Actually, wasn't John Dodson on this card? John Dodson also knocked out a dude on this card. Yeah, like the fucking first round too, which good for John Dawson, right? He's fucking killing it outside of the UFC. Good for him. Yeah, exactly. So shout out him, man. Shout out him. Um, yeah, I think it's about time to move on. Overall, though, solid card for BKSC, man. Intrigued to see what they can uh, do in the coming months because I know they're always looking for big free agents. But uh, speaking of big free agents, um, this is not going to turn out to be a good night, man. Uh, I did not include this in the preview rundown because, quite frankly, like if you've seen one of these, you've seen them all. Uh, but Floyd Mayweather will be doing an exhibition. 
on Saturday. O2 Arena. This is actually kind of big. Floyd Mayweather has never fought in the UK. And you'd think, you know, should be interesting. You know, he's fighting Aaron Chalmers, a Bellator vet, 1-0 as a boxer, was on Geordie Shore. You know, and I understand, <laughs> people, I understand people laugh at him because of that. But, you know, he actually, you know, he's proved his worth. You know, he's actually oh, yeah, a legitimate, yeah. legitimate fighter. That being said, nobody gives a fuck about this. Yesterday, I saw the ticket sales. Nobody is going to this thing, dude. It is actually, you can, I'm pretty sure you can look it up right now. They are tanking. Have you seen uh, any any buzz about this, Angel? No, because that's, that's, just... that's why you're telling me about it, dude. Yeah, I mean, I just want to go ahead and make sure, because I know I haven't seen anything about it, and covering this shit is literally my job, you know? So, I mean, I'm going to send you, actually, Angel, I'm going to send it to you right now on Twitter. Uh, I believe it is 95% of tickets are unsold as of right now, as of yesterday night. What? So what are they going to do? Are they just going to start selling this shit as cheap as possible and pray to God people go in? More than likely, yeah. Yo, what? Brutal. And it's not even like the case. Like, you know how, like, last time Floyd had an exhibition, there were kind of some, there were some interesting fights in the undercard. Like, Tommy Fury was there. Anthony Prudibo Taylor was there. Who else? Bobby Fish, who's a former pro wrestler who had a background in kickboxing. He fought. There was some intrigue. I don't know anybody on the fucking undercard of Floyd Mayweather's return. Like, it's actually, they just kind of, they're just, just phoning this shit in. I'm trying to look at it right now, like, live, like, where you, literally the fan-sided shit. Yeah. See if it's improved at all. Oh, won't let me, they won't let me do it, probably because I'm not in the UK. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, they are tanking, dude. Oh, Holy never mind. Shit. It is letting me. Yeah? What's the report? Has, has there been a massive sale on tickets in the last, like, 24 hours? Uh... Okay, look, from looking, no, but it does look like there's way more from what we see in that picture. Okay, well, that's good then. Uh, That, or they, you know, like the very, very top seat, like the nosebleeds? I guess they're yeah. not having anybody seated there. Damn, that could be it. So they're only doing the fucking, the fuck? Unless it's sold, because there is tickets that are available, but it's like uh, handicap seats. Mm, okay. I believe, or I don't know. I can't. I can't really tell. It's obviously I'm looking at it right now live. So, but yeah, from what I see, like looking into the like main sections, it does look like some have actually picked up and sold it for a bit here. Mm, fair enough then. But yeah, this fight has zero buzz. Uh, Angel, you even bother watching this one? Fox, no, dude. Yeah, same page. Floyd would have to box like an Xbox for me to give a fuck about an exhibition. That or like some pretty decent size. Like you would have to fight me. <laughs> Honestly, I'd watch if he fought you. I think I'd be more like way more interested in that. Don't worry, Angel. If if he's gonna fight me, you and me are gonna we're gonna do our own fight camp. It's gonna be a fucking Rocky film, just fucking right, like Ben Askren did, you know? When yeah, exactly. You you just coaching me up and shit. I'd but, get fucked up, obviously, but that doesn't matter, you know? You know <laughs> it's just, just punching cows and shit in a freezer, you know, like fucking cow carcasses and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Anyways, man. Is uh, I mean, I don't have any thoughts on this one. I mean, I'll watch it if uh, I'll, I'll probably watch like that afterward. I'll, I'll watch like the clip on Twitter. How about that? Right. Um, the last bit of news, man. Last bit of news. Actually, Alex, before man, you move on, John. Yeah, go I, ahead. Go ahead. This yeah. I think I would say this. I can't wait till the day that Floyd gets caught in one of these fucking exhibitions with someone who's. He's like, oh shit, Floyd's kind of slow now. You know what I mean? Or it's just you know, well, fuck, man, make a rule out of court and they knock him the fuck out. <laughs> You remember that dude? He was tagging him off. Who? 
Uh, Mikaru Asakura, his uh, his exhibition before Deji in Japan. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, you've seen the video, right? Like he was tagging him up. Yeah. Probably I mean, pulled back. He didn't win. But... Probably pulled back a little bit, you know, because he's like, ah, you know, I don't want to get fucking banished. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, eventually it's gonna happen. You can only play with fire so much, dude. Like, right? Where someone's like, well, dude, I could be the first person to knock out Floyd, even if you're. Does, it doesn't old. even matter if it's an exhibition. Shit. Like, I'll, I'll always have that under my belt. You know? Exactly. So, I mean, I could see it happening. Um, and I'm sure Aaron Chalmers is gonna go out there and try to do it too, man. So we'll you're see. Right. We'll see. Um, last bit of news. Al Jermaine Sterling, Henry Cejudo. It's been a while since we talked about these two boys, actually, because we've been – we knew they were in talks, uh, but there's been no confirmation. There's been very little info. Angel, it's going down, man. Al Jermaine Sterling, Henry Cejudo, UFC 288 in May. Uh, kind of just want to find out, man, what are your thoughts on is this the right matchup? I know that um, we've been hearing a lot of stuff back and forth. I know – Sugar Sean's been involved, and we've heard it's almost been like kind of a three-way, you know, with Aljamain and and Henry and Sugar Sean. Was this the right matchup? I think, yeah. I mean, if if, if Sahuda's going to come back and be serious about it, yeah, definitely. Obviously, as a former champ, obviously, you know, Triple C could have got C four, but you know, Dana didn't want to have fun. But it's all good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I think. Um, I did not want to see this fight. I thought if they're gonna, if, if you're gonna pretend you're a real sport, you should go ahead and go with the rankings. And the rankings said that Sugar Sean is the solid shot. That being said, though, I am a Henry Cejudo mark. I'm all, I, I think that's kind of it's been a while since we've um, you know, discussed him. But I've always been a fan of the guy, and I still think that he's still a monster. And I'm very excited to see his return. Um, yeah. So that's all we got. Rise of right now, I believe this is the only fight attached to that card using 288. So we'll see. Um, and anyways, yeah, that's all we got for the show. And once again, quick shout out to our sponsors, Rogue Energy and Elixir Code Sound for both. I'm at Josh Shimonov on Twitter. He's at AngelLateOrtega underscore 01 at Quartzite Sound for all things related to the show. Last bit of thing I want to go ahead and say. Thank you to everybody who has subscribed, everybody's followed us on TikTok, Twitter. We had 800 subscribers on YouTube. And we are actually closing in on 100,000 views as well across, um, if we're talking like just audio formats and YouTube combined. So thank you to everybody who supported us. We're not stopping here. More content will be coming. And I hope you guys enjoy the show. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.